0: Or lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself
1: in. Because it's time for the Matt White, White show. show the guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So yeah, he brings a lot to the game, and he's right here, right now. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Listen,
0: <laughs> guess what today is? It's Hump Day. Woo-woo!
2: That's it. Give us a woot! Happy Hump Day, everybody! Thanks for tuning in here today. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Bill is here, I am here, that's all well and good, but most importantly, we are glad you are here. And there's lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. got the live stream going today, uh, back at that been a few days off from the live stream online but back at it today. So if you're tuning in right now on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, feel free to type in the comment right there. Hit comment and boom, it'll show up all in one place right here. So it's a way to be a part of the conversation. Of course, you can text me on the country please and text line 885 ESPN. It's a 601 number. 885 ESPN or 8853776. And call me on the Divinity phone, nine nine five one zero five nine. It's a 601 number, nine nine five one zero five nine. Hello, Roshana, The first comment on Facebook gave us a Go dogs and a Hey Matt. Uh, if y'all are on the live stream and you want to call, if you'll look down at the bottom of the screen there, you'll see the number scrolling across. And so it's kind of there for you. If you're watching and you decide you'd rather... Jump in on a phone call. That would be, uh, be good also. So welcome in here today on this Wednesday, this hump day, halfway point of the week. Uh, you had midweek baseball. You got under your belt yesterday. State with a win. Ole Miss's game because the weather got moved back to today, the so they're going to play. They've still got about – if you're listening live right now, they've got about an hour left uh, before they throw out first pitch in these midweek games. But, you know, I do think – it, it it's may come across as a little bit redundant. Um, I understand that. I just think it's okay to, before the season we've done it, and now that the season has started, we come back and we kind of reiterate this again. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And that message is just no matter who you're a fan of, don't get fooled by this early season baseball because it can really, really fool you. Okay there are some things you know that that are pretty obvious like if you were to go kind of broad some things you know I mean the best baseball you know college baseball collectively in the country is played in what conference well it's played in the SEC we know that it does not mean that the five or six best teams in the country are in the SEC we're just saying collectively as a conference that's one way we can kind of fool ourselves if we're not careful the other thing is is immediately going, well, you know, so-and-so over there is overrated or that team over there is underrated. Um, You know what happens this time of year? You get baseball polls. You got several of them, right? You got D1 baseball, which is kind of one that people are using more and more now as sort of the standard college baseball poll. But you also have Baseball America, Collegiate Baseball, these different ones. I think there's a USA Today. Anyway, the point being, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and that is getting attention. Why why would you do a poll if you're not looking for ways to get attention for that poll? Sure. One way to do that is to be a little jumpy in the early part of the year before things really settle in. (laughs) You even saw it this past. We got one weekend, and a few teams moved up significantly. A few dropped pretty significantly. But at the same time, you notice like a team like Long Beach State, even though they dominated Mississippi State the first two ball games and won the series on the road they didn't jump in front of state in the "quote unquote" poll right in D1 or anything else so there's just this big mix this time of year this early in the college baseball season there's just this big mix of okay that makes sense okay that doesn't really make a lot of sense why why are we doing that why are why are these people freaking out about this Why are people so high on that team? we got so much more to go. You know, you get get what I'm saying? So I'm not really doing the radio thing, okay? The typical radio thing would be to come in here with a real hot take that's going to stir you up one way or the other, and then let's just see how many minutes of radio we can live off of that. That's not what I'm doing. We're just having kind of a real sure enough conversation. I picture this like you showed up here for the show today. You grabbed a chair. Pulled yourself up to the table, sat down. We're having coffee together. I'm literally having coffee. Now, I don't know if you are, but see, I picture that we're having coffee together. I just poured some hot coffee in here from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi.
0: You know, Matt, I kind of think of these games as like spring training. Games. Do you? The early part of yeah, the season? because... Yeah, you know, the early part of the season until they get to the SEC. kind of yeah. Like the team they played yesterday. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of it like is. like a spring training game. You know, they're letting yeah. a lot of people play and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and, you know. Long Beach State wasn't. And I <laughs> can totally understand where you're
2: coming from on that. Yeah. The reality is they do count. You know, oh, like yeah. you yeah. play a team like, let's just say you play a team like Arkansas Pine Bluff enough and lose a couple of them throughout the year. It actually will come back to bite you in the hole. RPI standings and you know setting the field later in the year, so it doesn't happen a lot. But those losses do happen, and they happened yesterday uh, for a lot of teams around baseball. It is a good point though, Bill, because a lot of it that's how it feels. You know, when Pine Bluff showed up to State yesterday, I mean, before they ever even took BP, State had a huge advantage. You know, I mean, big advantage in that deal, and it showed in the game. So. I think there's, you know, a little something to that. You know, games do count. And, and, you know, you look back at last year's Mississippi State team that wound up winning the whole thing. Well, throughout the year, they had their ups and downs. They got swept by Arkansas. Last SEC weekend of the year, they were hosting Missouri, who was like one of the worst teams in the SEC. And Missouri was about that close to sweeping state. <laughs> okay. There's stuff that happened to them last year, but those midweek games, Bill, like you're talking about, where you're hosting Arkansas-Pine Bluff and Central Arkansas and UAB, and stuff, they didn't lose a single midweek thing all year long. One of them all. And, come, and coming up this weekend, they have Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky, which they should have a big advantage. You know, yeah. they should. I think the first game of next month is Grambling. Right. I watched okay. them play Grambling last year. I took Mary Liddy. And uh, Grambling had some good ball players. now. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have mm-hmm. as many of them, you know, as State does, but they had some good ball players.
0: Yeah, we're still waiting on a time on that one, but it's yeah. the first. I
2: think, I think a lot of these, they float warm. around because you know weather's possibly going to come in. Well, anyway, um, you know, the, the point about the midweek thing last year, it's actually very unusual. Even for teams that go deep at the end of the season in the College World Series, it's very unusual for a team to not lose a single non-conference midweek game all year long. It's very unusual, and I've pointed to this before. Um, You've had some outstanding teams. Uh, You had a, who was it, Uh, that 2016 Mississippi State team led by Dakota Hudson on the mound and that whole bunch that wound up hosting Arizona in a Super Regional. They won the SEC regular season that year. They were very good, but there were times they they lost a couple of, like I think it was a back-to-back week of midweek games on a like a Tuesday and Wednesday to like Central Arkansas and the next day it was Eastern Kentucky <laughs> you know so it's just highly unusual for a team to do what state did last year and that's go spotless in all your midweek stuff it almost never happens um, now around the SEC yesterday in midweek stuff Tuesday games state won big over Arkansas Pine Bluff 17 to one Alabama beat Jacksonville State six to three. South Carolina beat Winthrop 7-1. Uh, the Tennessee and Tennessee Tech game got stopped in the fifth inning. They said suspended, and who knows if they finish it, but it was Tennessee 5, Tennessee Tech 4. They stopped the game because of weather in the fifth inning. Uh, Georgia beat Wofford 7-1. Uh, the Vandy-North Alabama game got postponed. Uh, Florida beat Stetson 8-1, and Texas A&M beat Lamar 9-3. So there were no Tuesday midweek losses for the SEC, but when you look at the top 25, again, and remember, this is coming off a weekend where State loses two out of three to a top 25 team. Vandy loses two out of three to a top 10 team in terms of rankings. Uh, Florida lost two out of three, in their a top 10 team. Florida lost two out of three at home to Liberty this weekend. There were other things around the country that were kind of like that. It's like nobody would have thought that Arkansas wouldn't sweep Illinois State. Illinois State won the first one, but this is baseball for you, okay? This is why you, whether it's a ranking by the the name of the school or a result from an early season weekend, or even spe- you know especially one game, Oklahoma State goes into Nashville and wins two out of three from Vanderbilt, the team that is the most talented every year, that recruits at a different level at a different rate than anybody else in college baseball. Vanderbilt does. Oklahoma State goes in there and wins two out of three over Vanderbilt on the weekend. One travel day and a day off on Monday, and then last night that same Oklahoma State team played Sam Houston State and lost 6-3. to And Oklahoma State's got as good a chance as anybody to still be standing as one of the final eight in Omaha this year. And they proved that against Fannie. they got as good a chance as anybody. They lose a Tuesday night game to Sam Houston State as the new number four team in the country after that happened. Let me give you another example why you can't let yourself be fooled by any of this early season baseball, whether good or bad for your team. The 11th ranked Arizona Wildcats. They played in that same uh, neutral site college baseball challenge in Arlington, Texas, the new stadium of the Texas Rangers where Mississippi State opened the season last year. They were out there with um, – again, this is Arizona. They were out there with teams like Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Auburn, maybe one more. They went 3-0 and in that event. They beat Kansas State – they beat Oklahoma fourteen to four. Finished it off by beating Texas Tech thirteen to two. Arizona, first year head coach replacing Jay Johnson who went to LSU. They looked great in Arlington this weekend. In the last two games against good programs, Oklahoma and Texas Tech, outscored them twenty-seven to six. They looked great. Eleventh number, you know, eleventh ranked team in the country. Meanwhile, yesterday Arizona loses 19 to 3 to Grand Canyon. So not only did they lose a midweek game to Grand Canyon, lost it 19 to 3. It's just crazy. Georgia Southern who dropped 2 out of 3 to 10 or got I maybe got swept by Tennessee. I think they maybe got swept by Tennessee, Georgia Southern. Yeah, they got swept by Tennessee, just got throttled by Tennessee this weekend in Knoxville was outscored 33 to 3. Two of the games of the two of the three games they played against Tennessee, they were shut out. They only scored runs in one of them. 33 to 3. Turned around and hosted 19th ranked Georgia Tech beat them 10 to 6 last night. Beat Georgia Tech 10 to 6. Jacksonville unranked Jacksonville a 3 to 2 win last night over 10th ranked Florida State. This is midweek baseball we're talking about. So, you know the point being there's all kinds of stuff that happens in this early season baseball that is it it factors in, it gives you indications of stuff, but it doesn't necessarily give you a picture of who is what. I've given you plenty of examples over the years. Slow starts for the 2013 team that wound up playing for the National Championship came up short to UCLA. A fast start for a Mississippi State team back in about 04, 05, 06 ish somewhere in there, where they started 18-0 and was ranked number one in the country. By the time the season was over, the regular season, they didn't even make the SEC tournament. Didn't make it. We're not one of the top ten in the SEC, is how fast those things can turn on you. Don't get fooled by the early season stuff. Look at it really like through a magnifying glass. Look at this little piece and this at-bat and that pitch and who's trying to find confidence and who had three good innings without walking anybody. Well, he gave up hits. Well, okay, but he had control. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're looking at. The final score stuff, it, it does factor in down the road to a degree but goodness gracious it'll give you the wrong impression if you if you put too much on it it's just like a hitter I mean how many years in the four year career of Rowdy Jordan at least two of the four but it might have been three of the four in the career of Rowdy Jordan at Mississippi State where he went through long stretches of either hitless or weak contact at bats. Long slumps in it in, in two of the four years that he played at state. But it always averaged out because he would get hot and be one of the hottest hitters in the country down the stretch in crucial time in a postseason. Leaves school as one of your more iconic players in school history. And there were times when he'd go on this stretch, and everybody's like, Oh, you got to move him. Get him out of the leadoff spot. You got to bench him. You got to try somebody else. Look, these coaches understand some of these guys play themselves right on out of that, and they're better when they come out the other side of it. We have to remember that. All right, uh, some of your feedback on the country pleasing text line country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. I get mine at Walmart, get it at country meat packers in Florence. All over the place. You can find it. You also order it at Countrypleasing.com. Jonathan says, "Matt, if you play highlights from yesterday's game called by Jim, you must find Ron Polk's call of the visitors' home run ball." Jim stepped out, and Ron got to call one pitch, and it was solid gold. Okay, (laughs) Jonathan, I will see if I can find that. um, If it's possible,
0: gold. So what did he say? Do you have? I mean, well, he was by himself in, in the booth because Jim had stepped out there, you know, between and uh, he was, hadn't gotten back yet. And he came back in the first pitch. The guy hits a home run. <laughs> so he got the to call. <laughs> He got to call that home run. It was interesting. Okay, if I'm you right. can find it, we'll, we'll let them yeah. hear
2: it. We can find it. I don't know if I can find it during this radio show, but it's it's yeah. possible. I'll see I may try I to look
0: for it too. I think I can go back and try to.
2: Find okay. All right, somebody texted and said, can you simplify how Vandy has unfair scholarship advantage? Yeah, listen, it's hard to simplify it. The best I could do would be to say this. Vanderbilt, being a private school, the only one in the SEC, the only private school, can do some things to... Um. That's the best way I can say it. Because they are private, they are able to do some things with their own money from their own alumni base to facilitate getting kids into school, making sure they can afford to pay to go to school there, even if they come from a family who can't afford it themselves. That's the deal. If you want to learn more about it, It's hard to again simplify it. Look up something called Opportunity Vanderbilt. So, in other words, most baseball programs are operating on they got a thirty-five man roster, whatever, because you have to have a lot of pitchers. And but they only have, according to NCAA rules, eleven point seven scholarships, not twelve scholarships. Eleven and then a partial that they can give out, period, end of story, on the thirty-five man baseball team. You go to wait a minute, we got thirty-five guys and eleven scholarships. That ain't enough. Right. No baseball players. Certainly prior to this year, anywhere, anyhow, we're on quote unquote full athletic scholarship the way football players are, the way basketball players are. Let's just use Mississippi State as an example. Go back in the past. Find first-round picks. Chris Stratton, Hunter Infro, Ethan Small. Find them. Even your best players, first-round picks. One of the first things they do when they get their signing bonus for being a first-round pick is they take a big chunk of that Tens of thousands, sometimes more, and pay off all the loans they took out in order to pay for their tuition while they were playing baseball. Because the school couldn't do it. school didn't pay for it. Okay? It's not that way at Vanderbilt. They want to gloss it over at Vanderbilt. They take a very cowardly approach to the advantage they have. <clears throat> They have an advantage, but it's not a dirty thing. It's not an underhanded thing. They have an advantage because A, they're a private school. B, their alumni give back and they have lots and lots of money. And they're using it to say whether you're a baseball player or a bass player in the band or, you know, something, in the, you know, school symphony. If academically you qualify for us at Vanderbilt, We want you here. We don't want you to not come because you can't afford it. Because guess what? It's very expensive at Vanderbilt. It's like the most expensive tuition. And so you could have a baseball player that is plenty good enough to play in the SEC. But if Vandy was like everybody else and they said, but I I can only offer you 25% of a scholarship because we are got to spread the rest of it out on the rest of our team, you're going, wait a minute, 25%? percent i still going to have to pay $50,000 a year to go to school? I can't afford that. I can go other places and, pay, and they give me 25%. I'm only out another ten or 15000 bucks It's a lot better than 50000 see? So if Andy figured out a way, because they're a private school, to have this money, they can get people in. And now if you're a baseball player and they want you, they'll look at it and say, well, you you pay, I don't know, $3,000 a year. We'll give you maybe... 15-20% of a scholarship and Opportunity Vanderbilt will pay for all of the rest of everything. So it's much cheaper for lots of baseball players to actually go play at Vanderbilt than to take that full, not full, but that big scholarship offer from a school in their home state. They have an advantage that just about anybody else doesn't have. Look up uneven on YouTube or Facebook, a documentary we did about it last year, and it'll explain it to you a little better. I'm Matt. Stick around.
1: At this time, we are proudly required to present present more of the Matt Wyatt Show.
0: We have another totally awesome episode for you today.
2: Hi, back with you. Apologies to uh, some of the folks on the live stream, both on Facebook and on YouTube. Y'all probably, well, it's, I mean, it's not like I did it, but uh, just now realizing what's been going on is that there's somebody jumping in, or I say somebody, some thing, some bot that is jumping in to the comments section on the Facebook live stream. And is promoting some other links. And trying to get you to click on this. And watch that. Some bot has jumped in there. And uh, I've just gone through and blocked all of that. So, you know, hopefully that takes care of it. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. If any more pops up, we'll continue to look for a way to take care of it. Just a couple of things uh, in regards to the Vandy deal. Um, Yeah, Will, it's not on YouTube. It's just a Facebook thing. So... Hopefully that's all it is. Maybe I got it taken care of there. Sven said the 11.7 rule, nothing more to say about Vandy. That's it. I mean, it kind of gives a big advantage to some for sure. Uh, Todd said on YouTube, is the name, image, and likeness helping with kids at Mississippi State pay for some of their tuition? I mean, I think it does, and it it will continue at the bigger programs with bigger and more involved fan bases. They're going to have a – like any other sports, because of the name, image, and likeness rules, they're going to have a big advantage. They're going to be able to really, you know, financially kind of help them. It's much different than you look at a football deal or a basketball deal. Those kids' families, well, they're not paying a dime. It's all full scholarship, extra money, bonuses, and grants, and um, cost of living money. They're loaded up and uh full of scholarship they aren't paying so anything they get name in likeness is just extra extra benefit in the baseball deal it really can be a a big thing no question when you go from you know it's a it's some um, highly sought after player who you know is going to be in college for 2 years and then hit the draft um and he's going look i mean some of these private schools you know, they can throw some money in there. Vanderbilt can basically pay for all of it. And my family did not make much money, therefore they're telling me I only have to pay, based on my family's income, you know, two $3,000 a year. And they pay the rest of it, a $60,000 tuition per year education and playing up there. And now some of these programs who get going in a name, image, and likeness deal with their fan base are going to really be able to uh, maybe bridge that gap a little bit. It's just, there's the reality of it. All right, let's hit the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. your Kubota dealer. A real treat. Jay in Baltimore on line one. Hey, Jay, what's up?
0: Well, hey, Matt. The daughter and I was able to make the trek down from Baltimore make opening day. A uh, little disappointing in the uh, result of the game, but it was a <laughs> pleasure to watch uh, Landon Tim's pitch. Um, Hey, I made a comment last time I called. I thought this year was going to be a year that uh, Lamonis was going to have to pull a lot of levers. Uh, Uh, And and I I think that's true. I mean, if you take a look at Matt Quarter, he's already looked like he's going to move into center field. You got Drew McGowan challenging out there in right. Von Sieber looks like that kid uh, got an opportunity to play somewhere. And no better place than Tanner Leggett right now challenging. And I could certainly see him maybe playing some shortstop. but. For me, it's still going to come down to this pitching. I was happy to see uh, Jackson Pristo pitch yesterday. I was a little bit concerned why he didn't get to pitch over the weekend, but I think he's the real key, and and I thought he looked really good. What's your thoughts on uh, his performance yesterday? Yeah. maybe getting into the uh, starting lineup.
2: You know, yesterday what? And you helped me with this, Jay. I thought the velocity looked good and consistent in all four innings. When I say consistent, you know, you want the changing of speeds, but it's like, he was, he was not laboring to just sit at 92, you know, and yep. that's really good when you're pairing it with he's got control and he's pounding that strike zone, which, you know, the ball they hit off him that they hit hard was because it's like with that big lead, it's like everybody went, okay, I'm throwing a fastball here, hit it if you can. Yeah, <laughs> so he throws a strike and they hit it just a couple of times, but... And I thought the the breaking ball was good. You didn't see any big misses with it. I, I just thought he pitched well. Um, you know, the, the only thing, yeah. like if you were looking for neg and not looking for negative, but if you were just calling it like it is, there was a few times where Fristos, like his fastball would flatten out. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. – there was a few times he put it up there where it was just flat. It didn't run. It didn't – spin and stay up, it just kind of was flat, and that's the ones that good hitters really tattoo a lot of times. And maybe that's, that's something, right. wor- that's, you know, works through, I don't know.
0: They barreled the ball up a few times, but look, at the end of the day, we know his concerns last year were, was was strikes. right? And if he can throw strikes, let the defense play defense, uh, I, I mean, I, I just continue to say, he needs to be in the lineup. He's proven, we know what he can do when he's on. Mm. And I think uh yeah, I look forward to him, uh, and Kate Smith obviously pitched great as well. But, look, I'm like everybody. First reaction was like, ooh, a little bit concerned, but it's a long season. We'll be good. Thanks,
2: Matt. Thank you, Jay. I always enjoy hearing from you. So I'm glad, so glad. you got to make the trip and see the dude and watch a game, and I always enjoy hearing your observations. Yeah, um, we. I touched on it yesterday a little bit. It was my first show since the opening weekend, and, and you don't want to get – after just those three games, really four, because the game was going on yesterday in the midweek but during the show. But you you don't want to get too far off the main road and talking about scenarios of this move this guy here and put this guy in a lineup, move one up, and switch the rotation. You know, you need a lot more sort of cross-section of work before they're going to make any decisions on that because the scrimmages and the practices are one thing. These games are totally different. It's just like in any sport. It's one thing to do it in a scrimmage. It's a whole different deal to do it against another team in live competition, and you want to see that. And so there's something that led them to have Casey Hunt in that Saturday roll. You saw it on a few pitches where it's lightning. When he locates that sharp slider, you're like, whoa. Paired with big-time velocity on a fastball that really moves when, he, when he's got the feeling on that. You can just see the stuff. You know, from Casey Hunt. But honestly, Jay, if if we were just calling, we've seen one start from him, it was kind of like at times Fristo last year, right? And that was, boy, he's got some lightning stuff, but he ain't hitting the strike zone enough. And then you're playing you know, for Casey Hunt, he's playing a good team. He's he's going out there for his first start against a really good team and lineup, an experienced team in Long Beach State, who they chased nothing out of the strike zone. They were very disciplined and, and worked it to the point that you're going to have to come in here to this strike zone. You're going to have to be competitive with me in the strike zone over the plate. And if you beat me there, I'll shake your hand afterwards. But you get a little bit behind and have to just, you know, throw one in there. They hit the ball. So pretty good learning experience for him. So, I, you know <clears> – <throat> I don't know what they're going to do, but I would guess that we're going to see the exact same thing this coming weekend that we saw last. Um, Coaches, good coaches, yes, they will make moves when they have to. Lamonis has done it, sometimes drastic, but it's never a quick trigger. There's always an added emphasis on the off-season work, the off-season program doing it over the law offseason over the long haul they want to emphasize that they want there to be emphasis on it and you want there to be the idea and reinforce it with the team that you are rewarded for the work you put in when nobody's watching and if it, if it we give you all the chances in the world to make sure it's not going to work in a ball game before we make it, you know a super duper change on it but I'm with you you know Landon Sims is what it is. He's one of the best in the country. He's going to strike out as many guys as anybody in the country this year. You're not sure about Casey Hunt on Saturday. Needs experience. Let's see that play out. Then you saw what you saw from Cade Smith on Sunday, and it was fantastic. I mean, it wasn't Landon Sims lightning, but it was excellent control. Use every inch of the strike zone. Figured out the umpire early. Hit every spot he wanted to hit, it seemed like. Uh, super confident, had rhythm, give me the ball, I'm ready to go, just the right attitude, the right – he was like the leader. I think – I felt like he set the tone for the team even at the plate somehow. There was a little mojo with him or something. And that's what you're looking for. And then you honestly, you know, you score all those runs in the first inning, it's such an unusual deal for a Fristo, But he goes out four innings, struck out, what, six guys, I think, in four innings yesterday. Against you uh, know not the best lineup he's going to see all year, but the control was there. He was strike, strike, strike. What did he throw? Sixty something pitches and like forty five of them were strikes or whatever. That's what you got to get out of him. And then, and then as you you kind of stay in the strike zone when you want to be there, you know, you find that control and then you start figuring out how to get those swings and misses and weak ground balls and changing speeds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I sound like I know what I'm talking about, don't I? And and on that note, Randall brought it up. I've left a comment up on the screen for a while. He brought this up on YouTube. He said Tanner Leggett looks really good for a player that doesn't start. What say yeah I mean, again, yeah, it's early, but he looks good. And the thing about Tanner too, that influences all of us, and I'm sure it does influence his case with the coaching staff, is how good he was in a, in the clutch at a couple times last year down the stretch and in the postseason. And here he is. This you know he can defend. He made a great play in the hole at shortstop when he went in the ball game yesterday. And he he's got just an, an extra bit of aggressiveness and whether there's pop there or not. There obviously is some pop, but that's not the point. He's got some aggressiveness with the ability to just make the contact. You know? He's not striking out. And there is no question. He is he is if he keeps it up, he is going to force their hand where they're going to say, we got no choice but to find a place to get this guy in the lineup every week or every day. So we'll see how it goes. Stick around. It's
1: back to the Matt Wyatt Show. All
2: right. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go. With the home team, Nick, he texted the show and he says, all that matters in baseball is how you're playing down the stretch in the postseason. Braves won the World Series this year and weren't even the best team in Major League Baseball. No question. You got to get in the tournament and then play your best. Period. End of story. Home or away. Hosting or not. Having said that, Nick, I think that's one of the reasons that well, it's it's one of the reasons. There are several. It's one of the reasons that here in Mississippi, state fans, Ole Miss fans, Southern Miss fans, get so into the regular season, even the early part of it. Yes, the fan bases are more adamant. Yes, all these fan bases here in Mississippi just they kind of love baseball extra. It's hard to explain. We just know that that's the way we are. But there's also a a keen understanding here. Through experience and other stuff, that the early season games will factor into whether you host or not. <laughs> you know, so in in regards to actually getting to Omaha and winning the whole thing, you don't have to host to do it. Period. In the story, you don't. It's just great if you get to host <laughs> in the postseason. Like somebody at State told me a couple of years ago when they were looking around at the new dude. They said, there's, there's pressure here to make sure that you're hosting in the postseason. They don't build something like this so that you can go somewhere else to play a regional or a super regional. There's pressure to host here. So, you know, it it's sort of this self-perpetuating cycle you're in. You know, the, the program is big and has won and therefore is very popular and has... People here love baseball so you have a big fan base. So you need a big stadium. And we're going to have the nicest stadiums and therefore we want to use those stadiums in the postseason. We want to play here and we don't want to go somewhere else, you know? So there's a little pressure to be in the hosting conversation. So that's a an obvious factor in all this too. Jonathan texted the show. All right, so before I read before I read what, what Jonathan texted, Bill, you found an audio copy of Coach Polk's home run call when he had to call it on the radio yesterday? Yeah,
0: sure. We we record everything we do over there. So Right. Yeah, I went and found it. I think it was the top of the fourth inning. You know? I'm
2: still impressed that you that quickly went and found that oh, spot yeah. in the fourth inning. Yeah, we have a system, you know, that records everything. Uh-huh. Right? I kinda I, I heard it, so I knew it was around the fourth inning. So. Okay. So uh, here it is. This is when the state was up big and. Um, yeah, like 12 to nothing. Yeah, like 12 nothing or something. And the story is that Jim Ellis, a play by play announcer on the radio for state, had to step away for just a second. They come back from a break. Ron Polk, who's helping him out doing colors, in there by himself. And here's the call. Hi, right, we're at the top of the
1: fourth inning for the Bulldogs leading Arkansas Pine Bluff 12 to nothing. And we're now on the top of the fourth, and Arkansas Pine Bluff is trying to scratch a, a run here because we do have a 10-run rule in this particular ball game after seven. But this ball is scorched here. <laughs> Guy just hit a home run. Yep. Hence just hit a home run. <clears throat> right center field. I think the ball hit one of the chairs and right center <laughs> field and came back in the field. I didn't know if it hit the top of the fence or not, but uh, that was a well-hit ball by Graylin Hintz. A home run to right center field. High, high, high line, not a line drive, but a high fly ball just cleared the fence by a little bit. First pitch. Okay, so you got to call a home run. I got to call a home run. I didn't get too excited about it, but it was a home run. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <There> you, <go. laughs> you can hear the crack of the bat in the background oh like, man somebody just clobbered the ball uh, yeah sure I mean
2: up. the contact sounded good didn't it I mean yeah, sure pow is. you know and he's like "It's a, There's a long that, yeah, that's a home run
0: scorched it
2: <laughs> <laughs> that ball's out of here you can believe it
0: S- <laughs> that's Gold there because he didn't get excited. He
2: just, <clears throat> hey, he just scorched it. Yeah, And the way Jonathan described it, see, he texted me a little bit ago trying to tell me what it was said. And he said, no expression at all. Here's the pitch. Yep. Yeah, that that has gone. Who's up next? And then he said, Jim walks in laughing. You have to call a home run. <laughs> he said, the next pitch, Ron talks over Jim on play by play. Jim said something like, hey, coach, you, you're trying to take my job now. <laughs> oh, that's great. We'll come back and play that more than once today. I love Coach Polk. Speaking of eleven point seven, there's very few people can educate you on that better than he can. <clears throat> Jason and Flagstaff,
0: I have, arch- I have archived that, so we've
2: got- yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, Jason and Flagstaff sent me a snow picture. <laughs> Is that from last night, Jason? That snow fell last night, or you've already had that? Goodness gracious. He's out in Flagstaff, Arizona, and it's, what is that, about 8, 10 inches of snow? And then I mentioned Grand Canyon beating the University of Arizona 16 to, like, 1 in baseball last night. And he said a little bit about Grand Canyon University sports. They recently fired their basketball coach, Dan Marley. He says that name should be familiar to people our age. They're not fooling around trying to get into Division I and winning. Okay. And they fired Dan Marley, former longtime NBA all-star player for the – well, he played for Phoenix, didn't he? Phoenix Suns. That would make sense. <clears throat> Regarding baseball, uh, somebody said the pre-SEC schedule is going to answer a lot of questions and uh, should only help states ranking too. Yeah, they're not playing an easy schedule. Uh, that's for sure. Not playing one at all. We, we had the radio call there a minute ago. Sven said on YouTube for us to to let uh, Jim and Coach Polk and Jay and those guys that do the radio stuff for State know the next time we see them, tell them a big thanks from Germany for the great audio that he can follow at the baseball games. And I will definitely pass that along. I will definitely pass that along. Okay, um, a couple of things for you. Well, a couple of these we'll hold on to, but I want to make you aware of this. Uh, All Jackson State Tigers fans, all Coach Prime fans, there is something coming up that you need to know about. There is a docu-series, that would be a documentary that is released in parts over a period of time, instead of releasing it all at once. A docu-series. Behind the scenes of Coach Prime and the Jackson State football team this past season in their championship season. It says it's going to cover their championship season and the recruitment of five star talent Travis Hunter. But here's the main headline. Docu series on Deion Sanders in Jackson State shows just how seriously ill he was last season. It, it, you know, the notes that I read on it were very interesting to me. I'm going to give you the details real quick here. Uh, it's called Coach Prime, the Fall Season. It's a six-episode docuseries. series takes viewers behind the scenes of JSU's football program. It's going to be difficult for, it says here, even the harshest critics not to respect him as a man and coach. It is created by Barstool Sports and Smack Entertainment. Uh, when I say smack, it's just S M A C, which obviously stands for something I'm not familiar with. What it is right now, I do. I think Robbie, though, you're right. Robbie texted me and he said, "You know, you can't talk about or bring up Jackson State without the sonic boom." Yeah, uh, I think you're probably right. <clears throat> it says uh, this show is going to air on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the next three weeks. It's going to be streamed across Barstool Sports digital, mobile, and social platforms. And then after that, it's going to be available on demand. Uh, The show will take viewers through Jackson State's championship season, the recruitment of Travis Hunter, the first five-star to sign with the Historically Black College and University program, and Deion Sanders' complications from toe surgery, which caused him to nearly lose his leg. He missed three games due to the surgery, and when he returned to the sideline, he had lost nearly 40 pounds. He went in there weighing 205. When he got back to the game, he was 175 pounds. Deion Sanders said about it, it's called a reality show. It's not called a set up the scene show. So I try my best to keep it as authentic as possible. I've always wanted everything to be authentic because that's the way I've been my whole life. Um, Here's a couple of notes about it also. He's unapologetically honest, whether he's ripping the offensive line for lack of toughness, criticizing one of his best defensive players for performing poorly in the classroom, or telling his coaching staff it needs to improve. You see Coach Sanders criticizing each of his sons, shadur the quarterback, Shiloh the safety, with the same intensity as he does any of the other players. You also see how much he cares when he shows linebacker Aubrey Miller a tape of his post-game interview and tells him how he can improve in several areas. In uh, doing interviews, is what he's saying, like how to talk, how to handle the media. So he's kind of doing everything. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Docu series called Coach Prime: The Fall Season. It covers how sick he was. He almost lost his leg. Shows you behind the scenes. Uh, and again, Tuesdays, Thursdays. After that, it'll be available on demand. And you can find it anywhere. You can find Barstool Sports online, social media, website, all of that. So, yeah, um, put that on your things to watch list, and we'll come back and talk about it as they start releasing those episodes. I'm really excited about it. All right, that's hour one. In the books, in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, hour two, coming up. Stick around.